This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for Thursday, May 5th, 2022. This week's Intego Mac Podcast security headlines include Apple has provided some clarification to its plan to remove old and in the way apps from the App Store, prompting a collective, okay, but what about, from developers. Microsoft has been working on a VPN that isn't a VPN. It works a little differently from Apple's VPN that isn't a VPN. And it's been a year since Apple released AirTags. It hasn't exactly been smooth sailing, but if third party accessories are an indication, AirTags are doing pretty well. Now, here are the hosts of the Indigo Mac podcast veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Indigo's chief security analyst Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing okay. I'm counting. Are we up to five weeks now? We are. It has been five weeks since Apple released security updates for macOS Monterey and has not released corresponding updates for Big Sur or Catalina. So if you're still on Big Sur and Catalina, one of those operating systems, you got to upgrade to macOS Monterey if you want to be protected from actively exploited vulnerabilities. Speaking of updating, last week we talked about how Apple had been removing apps from the App Store, outdated apps. And Apple didn't say anything. They were just emailing developers saying, hey, your app's being removed. Well, Apple has now clarified this with an actual statement, which makes me wonder, like a company this size, doing something like this hasn't issued a statement before they start doing it and only does it when people complain. And they're explaining why they're removing some of these apps. They, they want to keep apps timely. And they're talking about three criteria, discoverability, Users are able to find great apps that fit their needs more easily when outdated apps are no longer in the App Store. Now, I said this last week when we were talking about this, that sometimes when I search, I see apps that are really, really old, and they just get in the way. Security and privacy, they're talking about how different versions of operating systems have new tools to enhance performance, security, and privacy, and that developers may need to update their apps to ensure that these work. And then user experience, they say keeping apps up to date to conform with modern screen sizes, SDKs, APIs and all the other features offered on iOS, iPadOS, and macOS. They could have said this in the beginning without people having to yell. And a lot of this makes sense, but there are some categories of apps where it doesn't make sense. Right. Kirk and I were kind of discussing this before the show. We've seen a lot of game developers talking about this on Twitter over the past week who are, are saying things like, hey, you know, once a game is done, it's done. It doesn't necessarily need weekly updates or something. You know, if, if it's a game that doesn't require interaction with other people or to, you know, to constantly be downloading new updates uh, from the internet, if it's just a standalone game, single player game, there's no reason necessarily why it needs to get frequently updated. And another type of app that we've both used is reference apps. So for example, I was telling Kirk, I have a, uh, an 1828 Webster's Dictionary. It was their, their first edition, pre-copyright. So it's obviously not going to change because Webster, what Webster published in 1828 is not any different from what Webster published in 1828. So it's always going to be the same. And there's no reason really why that app needs to be updated. So certain types of reference apps also would fall into that category of apps that just don't necessarily need to get updated very often, if ever. Yeah, like you, I have a dictionary app that I use. It's the French dictionary by a guy named Littré that was from the late 19th century. And when I read old French books and I look up words, I kind of find it easier to see the definition at the time rather than seeing a modern definition where it might have changed. 
And I can tell when I open the app that it's not filling the height of the screen. It's not like it's not like a iOS six thing with the skeuomorphic type green, but it's clearly a previous version and it's not filling up the screen. So apparently this is not gonna remain on the app store. Now, if you remember back in the day when you used to be able to manage your iOS devices in iTunes, you had an app library on your Mac. And you could back up those files and you could keep them. So in case something happens, you can just re-add them to your device. You can't do that easily now. There are some third-party apps that do that, but you can't just connect your iPhone to a Mac or a PC and copy the apps to protect yourself in case there's an app you want to use that might be removed from the App Store. I think the thing is that, that again, Apple really should have communicated this in the, in the first place. And uh, it's, it's potentially problematic for certain categories of apps and, and maybe something that Apple should reconsider, at least, at least give developers the opportunity to say, hey, we would like to request an, an exemption from this. Well, I, I think there's one other thing, and we're going to be talking about sideloading in next week's episode. Sideloading is adding an app to a device, not through an app store. Now, imagine that you're just a novice developer and you've paid your $99 a year to Apple and you want to put an app on the app store so you can give it to your friends. You have a bunch of friends who are going to use it. You're not selling it. It's free. Now it means that you can't do this anymore because Apple is removing apps that aren't downloaded very often. So you no longer have that ability to make a small app that might interest, I don't know, 100 people but Apple doesn't want that because that's not enough. Yet, you are paying $99 a year in order to be a developer and put your apps on the App Store. Okay, there's a new Apple Silicon chip vulnerability, and this one is called Augury, and I don't think it has a logo or a theme song yet, but researchers aren't worried about it. So reportedly, the way this vulnerability works is that they were able to, and this is very technical, but they basically say that they found that there's a prefetcher that targets an array of pointers access pattern and if you loop through an array and dereference the contents okay so you're already lost right <laughs> like this doesn't mean very much to very many people but essentially what they're saying is that there are certain things that can be done to sort of target areas in memory to know where certain information can be found in memory on a device with an A14 or M1 processor so certain iPhone or Mac models. But this is kind of one of those things where this could be useful in the context of having some other vulnerability, right? If you can chain multiple vulnerabilities together, this might be useful. But by itself, probably not particularly useful. And so, so far, researchers are kind of saying this is not really something that you need to worry about yet. Um, you know, if there's more that these researchers find and they believe that they will find some more things, then it could be a little bit more scary. There, However, it's also entirely possible that Apple may be able to release a firmware update to potentially fix or work around this issue or maybe even an operating system update that can mitigate these vulnerabilities. So not something that people need to worry about yet. So if you have heard about Augury, don't worry about it. Okay, we've talked about Celebrite, a company that makes a tool that lets you unlock and access iPhones. And 
this isn't really news, but 9to5Mac has an article outlining Celebrate Premium because Celebrate has different levels of access. And this is sold to law enforcement agencies. And what you get with the kit is you get a Celebrate Premium laptop with pre-installed software. You get adapters for iOS and Android. You get a complete set of cables and a carrying bag, and you get a hardware licensed dongle. So you need to have a USB dongle to run the software. And it discusses which models can be cracked, and that goes from the iPhone 4S to the iPhone X or iPhone 10. And then it talks about something which, which we didn't really understand. It says full access only with passcode. Well, if you've got the passcode, you have full access no matter what, so you don't need... Celebrate, right? Right. Okay. So let's break this down a little bit. So first of all, the iPhone 4S through iPhone 10, it says that, that you can get full access to the, any of these devices when they are unlocked. And by the way, that includes the iPhone 8, which came out at the same time as the 10. So when they are locked with any iOS version, regardless of what iOS version is running on them, you can get full access to everything on that device, even when it's in a locked state. Now, the reason for that is because there's a known hardware exploit for all of those models because of the processor that they're using. It's possible to break into any one of those models. This is because of the Checkmate exploit that became public knowledge uh, back in 2019, I believe it was. Now, they, they mentioned that there's certain other models that you could get full access even when the device is locked as long as they have an older iOS version. So they can't be on the latest version of iOS anymore. But if they're running up to iOS 13.7, then you can still get full access when an iPhone 10R, 10S, or 11 is locked. There's probably not too many of those devices that are still running iOS 13.7. However, what law enforcement will often do is if they need to break into a device, it's running the latest operating system, and they have no way to get into it. They just stick it on a shelf for several months or years if necessary. And then once a known vulnerability comes out that affects that particular iOS version, then they can break in. So... Although iOS 13.7 is not on very many iPhones today, it, this kind of thing could still be useful for law enforcement. So that's kind of like Walt Disney having himself cryogenically frozen, hoping that <laughs> medical science will be advanced in a couple hundred years to bring him back to life. Well, <laughs> that's a bit more extreme, I'd say, than because uh, you know that there's going to be vulnerabilities that will be found for each True. version of iOS. It, just the fact that Apple continues to patch the operating system, the current operating system anyway, you know, indicates that if you wait long enough, you're going to find some way to break into an older iPhone. Okay, Microsoft Edge has something which a number of websites are calling a VPN that's built into the browser. But Microsoft doesn't say it's a VPN. They call it Microsoft Edge secure network. Now, my thought is Microsoft Edge secure network iCloud private relay. They kind of kind of rhyme like a little haiku there and they're very similar. In fact, they're almost the same with one exception with Microsoft Edge, you apparently only get 1 gigabyte of data per month whereas with iCloud private relay it's unlimited. Yes, it's unlimited, but of course you do have to pay something for it. Um you have to be paying the at least what is it 99 cents per month subscription. Right, for iCloud Plus which gives you extra storage and a couple of other features. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it they're they're very similar though, at least as far as the technology is concerned there, it seems like they're describing the same things. They both use Cloudflare as their backend and, and they essentially are 
not they're not even calling this a VPN. Apple doesn't call it a VPN. Microsoft doesn't call it a VPN, but they're a basically a proxy that is designed to hide your IP address from websites that you're visiting. Now, this is quite a bit different from VPNs. So all of these news sources are getting this wrong and they're calling this a VPN, but it's really not a VPN. There's a number of different things that a VPN can do for you that this feature cannot. So one of the things that they both can do is they can hide your IP address, but only when you're using the browser or in the case of iCloud Private Relay, the browser or the Apple Mail app. But there's a bunch of things that you can't do with these that you can do with a VPN. For example, anything that you're doing in the browser, that might hide your IP address, but anything outside of the browser, any other apps that you're using, for example, those would still report your IP address to the developer of that app and any third party tracking things that they're using and so forth. You also can't choose your apparent location, your geographic location. That's something that you can do with an actual VPN. So if you wanted to circumvent uh, geofences to, for example, let's say you're traveling in another country and you want to access your Netflix US library that you would be able to access at home, you could use a VPN for that. You can't use Apple or Microsoft's feature to do something like that. Or let's say you want to watch the Tour de France on French TV because they have far fewer ads, like I do every year, then you could do that with a VPN, but you can't do that with something like this. We actually have an article on the Mac Security blog that Kirk and I co-wrote last year where we came up with a whole bunch of different things that an actual VPN can do for you that iCloud Private Relay cannot. And all of these things, of course, apply to this new Microsoft Edge service as well. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about AirTags. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users since 1997, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected in 2022. Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection, Net Barrier for powerful inbound and outbound firewall security, Personal Backup will keep your important files safe from ransomware, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Monterey and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. When you're ready to buy, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get a special discount by using the link in this episode's show notes at podcast.intego.com. That's podcast.intego.com. And click on this episode to find the special discount link exclusively for Intego Mac Podcast listeners. Intego, world-class protection and utility software for Mac users. Made by the Mac security experts. So, it's been one year, hasn't it? It has been one year since Apple released the AirTags. It's hard to believe they've been out that long. In some ways it is, but in some ways they just seem like a part of the Apple ecosystem now, don't they? Yeah, this is definitely something that has been in the news a lot over the past year. So I think a lot of people became aware of AirTag actually because of how often it's been in the news. You know, that's a good point. The AirTags have been in the news more than almost any Apple product. I mean, outside of the computer press, it talks about a new iPhone, but this is the sort of we're talking about something that's happening with a device, but it's not new. And I don't hear anything about AirPods 
in the news about something happening. So it's interesting. They are getting a lot of press. There's no such thing as bad PR. But I think the kind of PR that they're getting is not great. So I have an article about one year on with the AirTags, and I talk a lot about the stalking issues. There are a number of cases where stalkers have been arrested, reported, etc. Now, Apple has just released a new firmware update for the AirTag, I believe on the 28th of April. Interestingly, there's no way to manually update the firmware on AirTags. You just have to wait for it to happen. Now, we're recording on the 4th, so that's a week later. My AirTags aren't updated. They're always in range of my phone because all my AirTags sit in my office. So they're my keys, my knapsack, etc., and they haven't been updated yet. So I don't know when they're going to be updated. A couple of things that have changed in this update is that one of the complaints about the AirTags was that the alert sound wasn't loud enough or not distinctive enough, and Apple's apparently changing that. The other change is if someone had put an AirTag, say, in your bag, and you were being tracked, you would get an alert at a random time between 8 and 24 hours after you started being followed by the AirTag, assuming you have an iPhone or assuming you have an Android phone with a specific app. We'll talk about that in a second. Apple says that they've shortened this alert time, but they don't say how much earlier the notifications will arrive. They're being really vague about all these changes. There's a lot of things about AirTag that I don't think Apple really thought through very well before they released the product. Apple markets itself as a privacy-focused company, right? And I feel like AirTag has sort of worked against Apple in that sense. It, it makes it look like Apple does not care quite as much about privacy as they say they do, because they basically released a product that is constantly in the news because people are using it and abusing it to track other people. And so it's kind of become a little bit of a PR problem, I think, for Apple. At least it weakens their argument that they're all about privacy. Yes. And also you can get false positives. So for instance, I mentioned uh, a couple months ago, my partner and I went out to a supermarket and when we got in the car, I got an alert saying that there was an AirTag that was tracking me. And it was the AirTag on her car keys or, the, or her house keys because she has two. And why did it all of a sudden say that when we got in the car, whereas we'd been in the car so many times? There's a story of a Tennessee family that went to Disney World. And the teenage daughter of the family got an alert on her iPhone saying that an AirTag was moving with her and they couldn't find the AirTag. And apparently it had been tracking them for at least four hours and they went to the police and they were unable to find it. Now, this could be a false positive in some way, but what are the odds that you are close to the same person in Disney World for at least four hours? And if previously it didn't send you that alert for until at least eight hours, then it doesn't sound like it was just them being near someone. I kind of worry about this sort of thing where you can't be 100% certain that you're getting the alerts that you need to protect yourself. It does seem like it's a bit problematic. Um, now, this should be something that only goes off when it's really close to you, right? It should be within range of your iPhone, for example. 
it, so that, that is a bit odd. I don't really understand exactly what the situation might have been in, in Disney World. It certainly is possible that, you know, maybe somebody was in line near somebody in a really long line and they happened to go on two rides back to back where there was a really long line. And maybe it was something like that. I don't know. But that is kind of a, a strange thing and probably not something you should see very often. I, I think if there were a lot of false positives like that, we would probably hear about it a little more often. This is the first time I think I've heard of a potential false positive like that in the news. But we do certainly see a lot of stories about people finding ways to you know, track people with their tags or people being stalked with air tags. Uh, there was a story about uh, somebody who happened to have an air tag in the moving van and something that was put in a moving van. And they found out that the moving person, of course, was not being very honest about what they were doing and where they were going. I mentioned earlier that your iPhone can alert you if you're being tracked by an AirTag, and an Android phone can, but only if you download an app that Apple has released called Tracker Detect. Now, I find that a little bit disingenuous on Apple's part, that it doesn't say AirTag in the app's name. Would you, if you were looking for AirTags, would you look for something like Tracker? And maybe if you search AirTags on the Google Play Store, you'll find it. I don't know. But it seems like Apple's trying to avoid attention with this. So if you do have an Android phone, you might want to always have this on your phone. And I don't know if it uses a lot of battery. I don't know how it works uh, on the iPhone. It's built into the operating system. One point I want to make about the AirTags is this is 12 months. I got mine on the day that they were released. And all of mine are well above 50% battery life. And I did some research on a couple of Facebook groups where I set up some polls to ask people how their battery life was. Just about everyone had more than 50%. One person said he had two AirTags that were always near each other, and one of them was down to 20%. Another person said he had had one that was 20%. When he took the battery out and put it back in, it went up to like 75%. Now, at one point, my partner's car key air tag gave her a warning that the battery was low. So I said, well, let me change the battery. So I took it out. I gave her the battery from one of my air tags and I put her battery into mine and it was at 75%. So I think the really low battery is more a problem with the air tag than actual battery life. Apple said they last around a year and I think it's very good that they seem to be lasting well more than a year and we're looking at maybe two years for most of these. L let me ask you something. Do you know that the air tag is the only Apple device where you can replace the battery? Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. It used to be that you could replace the battery in a lot of Apple products, right? Like you could pull the battery out of the bottom of your MacBook or MacBook Pro. Well, that's a long time ago. But if you go into the more recent past, you were able to replace the batteries in Apple TV remotes. If you remember the aluminum one, you, you would you'd take a coin and turn the circle on the back and you use the same kind of what is it, CR2032 battery. Now they all charge with a lightning cable. So this is the last Apple product where you can replace a battery. And this is maybe something to memorialize. I think that Apple probably assumes that a lot of people are just going to throw these away. So I'm actually even a little bit surprised that they allow you to change the battery. These things cost, you know, anywhere from $29 if you buy them individually from Apple, uh, down to about $22 if you find them in a four pack on sale at a third party. Right now, I think Amazon... At least recently, they were selling a four pack for, I think, $89 or something like that. And so it's it's not terribly expensive if you want to get one of these devices and, you know, throw it on something to, to keep track of it. 
Some people complain that there doesn't seem to be a way to to play a sound on the AirTag, which I mean, that's that's a reasonable complaint. But then I think what the biggest complaint seems to be, and a lot of people have agreed with these reviews that say this, uh, is that people are saying there's no option to have it constantly checking for AirTags while running in the background. Um, so that seems a little bit odd to to have to have this tracker (laughs) detect app in the foreground in order to find out whether you have an AirTag near you. So this is quite a bit different than from having an iPhone that you can have with you all the time and you don't have to have an app open and you don't have to have something in the foreground checking for AirTags nearby. And it doesn't seem like there's anything really close to that, at least not from Apple's genuine, you know, tracker detect app that's available in the Google play store. I know that there are some third party apps that kind of do something similar to tracker detect. Um, but it seems like, uh, Apple's product, it seems like Apple's app is kind of a miss. Okay, one thing I noticed on the Apple online store is there are more AirTag accessories than there were at launch, which is not surprising. AirTags are an accessory category, and if you go on Amazon or any place else, you find tons of them. But there are different types of clips now for the various holders. There's a, a Belkin secure holder with a wire cable, which is really nice. You, you have to use a screwdriver to put it in. So it can't fall off easily. And it's not like a key ring that you have to slide around. They have one with a carabiner. A couple of companies have different types of clips. And of course, there are the Hermes luggage tag in Noir at $449 and the bag charm at $299 and the key ring at $349, which, I mean, frankly, the, the idea of an AirTag is not that it's visible. For your keys, it's one thing. You want it in the key fob. But when you're putting it on a bag, you don't want people to see it's there because, well, they'll just take it off. That $299 bag charm, just like the, the AirTag slips through a loop and it just unslips through a loop the same way. Or 449 if you have the AirTag Hermes luggage tag noir. That's yes, the, well, that the, one that one has a... <laughs> Uh, attaches kind of like like a watch band, right? It has a buckle and a pin. The other one is just a loop, so it's easy to do. Yeah. I can't even believe that anybody would spend 450 bucks on something like that. Well, but. I can't believe that someone would spend $44 billion on Twitter. <laughs> okay, well, there's probably a lot fewer people who would be able to afford that. So. That's true. Okay, that's enough for this week. Until next week, Josh, stay secure. All right, stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com.